everybody, this is Rob Cancel, GoldSilverPros.com. And for today's presentation on October 5th, 2023, we're going to talk about the different ways to own precious metals. We're going to focus in a little bit on gold, but we're going to mention silver as well. I'm going to talk about my own experience and the different ways to do it. And then I'm going to give you a bunch of data. And the reason I'm doing this is because if you want to know how to maximize your value in the gold and silver space, this presentation is for you. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. I'll tell you my experience. I'll give you the data, which doesn't lie. And I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. I think a lot of what you may invest in, you may question that after looking at this presentation. And also some of the things you invest in probably will be confirmed. And let's dive into the data. We're going to load a presentation for you guys right here. First of all, who are we? Who is Gold Silver Pros? You know me. I'm goldsilverpros.com. We have a bullion store. And just a reminder, we do the research so that you don't have to. This will be one of those pieces of research for you. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Our new blog, which I want to emphasize at www.goldsilverpros.com on the store. If you go down and click on the blog at the bottom or in the other section, you will have access to that. This is the presentation I gave at Silver Symposium, and I'm going to give it to you guys who were not able to see it and uh, weren't able to go and travel to Las Vegas. Of course, there were 800 of you, and it was totally awesome that you guys were able to travel. And to be there, those of you that weren't, but we have almost 100,000 subscribers across all of our social media. So we like to bring this presentation to you as well. All right. So what's the best way to invest in gold? Well, it's not usually what you think it is. It may be a little bit different. And that could be several reasons for that. It could be the advertising that you're seeing. Uh, it could be uh, your own views on what's out there and what you like. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. It could be what people tell you in coin stores. It could be what people say on web pages. It could just be what you've been exposed to, especially if you're just getting into the market. Well, let's talk about really what are the best ways to invest in gold. And I'm going to have a table at the end, which kind of explains my thoughts on it from like a risk perspective and a reward perspective. So stay tuned to the end of the presentation for that. I think you guys will like it. Now, what are the major considerations that people have when they're investing in precious metals? Well, it's very similar, guys, to what people have when they invest in anything. It's one, return of investment, that is maintenance of your capital or preservation of your wealth, preservation of your capital. Do you get everything that you put in back? If you put in a dollar, do you get at least a dollar back? Do you only get 50 cents or you, do, you know, do you get more than that? The dollar itself is a principle. That's what we want to protect, guys. One of Warren Buffett's rules for investing is that you don't lose your principal. Don't lose money. That's number one. The second one is return on investment. It's your gain or your loss, okay? You don't want to take a loss. We just talked about that, but what is your gain? What's your percentage? How stable was that gain? That gets into number three, price stability. In investment circles, we call that having a low beta. It means the price is not rising and falling so fast or so high or a combination of that that you could be stuck in a bad position if you needed to get your money out of that investment. Think about, you know, you having to retire. And at the point that you retire, the market is so down that you're afraid to start withdrawing money because you may be withdrawing at a loss because the investment you're in, you know, the chart looks like this, you know, it's a bouncing ball. And so you may be withdrawing it during the worst part uh, period of time in that market and you may not get all of your money back. In addition, uh, while some volatility is good because it offers you opportunities to get return on investment or ROI, get some extra money out of it, you want to make sure that that volatility is not happening so fast that you can't time your entry and exit points. And timing is very difficult in any investment complex, but giving yourself something that's a little bit more stable over time gives you at least a fighting chance of being right when you're buying and when you're selling. After all, you want to buy low and sell high and not the opposite. Uh, 
what goes along with that is liquidity. At the time that you want to buy or sell on a lower beta investment, or at least a stable beta investment, a stable price investment, is there a market there for you? And price stability and liquidity work together. So I've kind of grouped them together on this slide. Legality, will it be safe? In other words, are they going to outlaw it? Uh, is, is something going to happen to that business, which makes it not viable if you're investing in a business versus the actual precious metal? And we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, are there tax ramifications? So it's not legality only, it's like legal and tax. Uh, those are definitely big considerations to have. And we'll talk about that as we get into the different types of gold investments. And, and by extension, we're also talking about silver. Now, gold biases, most people, when they buy gold and silver, it's to hold. You hold on forever. Okay, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to hold it until the apocalypse, until Mad Max. Well, when Mad Max comes, you're probably not able to spend gold and silver. Honestly, you're probably, uh, you know, dodging bullets or hopefully not. But the hordes of people, you know, coming after <laughs> the goods that you save. So hopefully we don't ever get to that Mad Max scenario. But it could be maybe you're just holding it to retirement. Maybe you're it's extra wealth that you're going to will to your kids and grandkids. Maybe you're holding it to a specific day to, to go do something you want, buy a house, go on vacation, whatever your objective is. But most people say, well, I'm a buy and holder and that can be OK. But if you're going to do that, it helps to know what the liquidity and beta and safety of that asset is if you're going to do that. And that's what we'll talk about in this presentation. Stocks, that's another way to get involved. Keep calm and love the stock market. We are taught from a young age, buy stocks, baby. The stock market's awesome. And so by extension of that, we get into gold and silver stocks. We'll, we'll talk about all the risk factors around gold and silver stocks and when that could be a good idea and when maybe it's not a good idea. But just know that Americans love their stocks, man. Probably more than any other culture, even more than Europeans, certainly more than the Asians, including the Chinese. We buy stocks. Uh, Asian cultures may invest in, in real estate and precious metals more than stocks and more than bonds. But in America, stocks, you know, has been it's kind of like baseball. It's like a time honored tradition. It's just something that exists. If you're American, at some point in time, you've owned some amount of stocks, whether in a 401k or you open a brokerage account or even in the old days, you know, your parents held, uh, handed you a stock certificate as an investment. In any case, stocks has been a part of American lifestyle for a very long time. Uh, we're also going to talk about collectibles and gold collectibles, on the other hand, are kind of the black sheep of the gold market. But I think when we get into the day, you guys will be surprised. Have a picture here from uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, a great movie from back in the day. One of the ones that actually kind of scared, scared me. And this is a gentleman, basically, you know, when you've been invaded by the body snatchers and you see someone who's not, who's not part of the quote unquote collective, it's like, oh, go get this guy, right? And that's what people do. And if I say I invest in collectibles, they're like, oh, my God, something's wrong with you. You know, you're not taken over by the hive. Well, I've always been a contrarian. And so I invest in things that I think, you know, are going to do well and that I like. And collectibles is one of those. And I'll get into that data as well. Now, collectibles may not be for everybody, but I think after we get through the data section report, you may be kind of, you know, reversing some opinionaries, questioning your opinion on collectibles versus stocks and the bullion. Of course, there are attributes to each one. There are pros and cons. And we'll have that here for you in a moment. Now, what do I think? I think we have to look at investments objectively. We have to analyze data. I'm a data guy. You guys have been following me for a long time. Know that I look at data. I look at history. I look at all of those things. I'm a geek. I'll, I'm a spreadsheet king. I will put a spreadsheet out and I'll do risk management risk factors. I've written in the last year about how to do a risk assessment, like a formal you know, uh, risk assessment. I got in corporate America. I took a master's degree. And in that degree, we actually had a class called risk management. 
and it taught us how to do risk assessments. Of course, I've been in risk positions in corporate for about 25 years, no longer, because I own the store and, and I work for myself. But I got trained in risk management for a long time, and I spent a lot of times analyzing data and looking at risk. That's just my process, and you guys know that if you've been watching me at all. If you're new to the channel, just know that I'm sort of a data head. Okay, I'm sort of a data geek. Uh, have a degree in computer science, have a degree in business, and I really focus on the tangible, what I know and um, how that may affect my overall investment portfolio. We also have to determine our own risk tolerances. Everybody has a different risk tolerance, guys. Not everybody's going to invest in the same thing. And I think the wrong thing to do is to criticize another person for not having your risk tolerance. Because honestly, we have different lives and different objectives. We may be in different stages of our life. We may be closer to retirement or way far away. And that may determine how much risk we want to take on and our time frame for taking that on for each individual investment. But in addition, it's what our overall objectives are. Are we going to retire? Are we going to buy a boat? You know, is this for our kids? Uh, am I a risk taker? Am I a gambler? Do I like to go to Las Vegas and put money down on blackjack or, you know, roulette or whatever the case may be? Do I like to play a lot of Texas Hold'em? Or am I more of the guy that says, no, I want preservation of capital. I'll take a smaller return, save my money. You know, any, any which way you want to invest is legitimate as long as that's the best experience for you and that's what you think is best. I will say this, having some safety in your portfolio is always great. And I think people that invest in gold generally believe that because that's why they're in gold and silver as well, maybe to a lesser extent, because it tends to be more volatile and have that higher beta that we talked about. But the precious metals overall investments are seen as being some safer investments, contrarian investments to stocks and bonds meaning they do well when the others may not do as well. They do better with inflation and at times during deflation as well, but they're seen as contrarian. So I think to be in gold, you have to be a little bit contrarian. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't own regular stocks. It doesn't mean you can't own bonds and real estate, but you're a little bit contrarian. You're looking for a little bit of safety. You're looking for a little bit lower beta, a little bit lower uh, price risk there. And, and that's usually a factor within the gold and silver investor market. And you also have to look at your biases. Where are you biased? Where'd you get your education? Who's influencing you? What are you allowing yourself to be influenced by? Also, what have the filters been growing up in your life that have affected the way that you view investing and the way that you view your money and returns on money and how you spend it? That's important too. We got to analyze ourselves. We got to look in the mirror and say, okay, hey man, um, am I doing this the right way for me? And if you are, that's totally fine. But it always helps to have that sort of introspective look every once in a while. Uh, we need to make decisions to be happy as individuals. Personally, for me, I usually don't go along with the crowd always. I'm really a contrarian, but I'm a contrarian based on data. So there's got to be a reason for me to be a contrarian. I'm not a contrarian or a troublemaker or a risk taker just for, for, for drawing attention to myself or just for being different or just because I, I can because I live in a free country. I do it for reasons that make sense. It's based upon data. It's based upon analysis. It's based upon knowing myself and knowing my own risk tolerances and my own biases. And that can change over time. Like I say, I always reserve the right to change things depending on new information. And as I age and things sort of change, and I think everybody should be like that. So don't think that you have to be static in your investments and you have to do only one way. You can change over time and that's fine. And don't worry about other people making fun of you. You got to ultimately do what's best for you. Okay. Before we get into the actual data part of the presentation guides, I wanted to bring you a special deal for the week. We're announcing on the show. We announce these on Thursday. And this is very special because this comes from our friend. There is a friend out here in Texas, which has started his own mint. He's been running it for several years. He markets to the local coin dealers around here. He has a very high quality product. These are five ounce silver bars. He's got four different designs. They're fantastic and beautiful. And I want to put them out on the internet because I want to 
help him distribute these to you because you may not find these anywhere else. This is the come and take it design, the little cannon that is very special in Texas culture, hence the Lone Star there at the top. That's cool. Here we have the don't tread on me. Now you notice guys, whoop, going the other way. Uh, I have the don't tread on me sign right over here in my store. I'm big on that. And that has, it's, it's historically uh, a very libertarian thing or a freedom oriented thing. He's got a design there with the snake and don't tread on me, you know, in the circle. That's a beautiful one. Now, if you're just generally for freedom and national, some uh, symbolic freedom and uh, national symbols, uh, or maybe just historical symbols, you've got the eagle there for you. Fly, eagle, fly, you know, just freedom encapsulated in an animal in nature. And then, of course, we have the skull and bones, Jolly Roger there. If you guys are fans of pirates or you're, you're just fans of that skull and bone, we've got that as well. These are five ounce bars. They're on sale. 225 uh, per ounce over spot in our store. Just go to www.goldsilverpros.com and you'll see those listed in the online deal section. All right, now back to the presentation. We're going to get into the data section, guys. And I think you may be a little bit surprised at what we see. Now, let's start looking at some data. Right off of Yahoo Finance, I graphed out gold, which is the gold line on this chart, and then three gold stock indices. And it may include some silver stocks in there as well. We have the GDX which is a major indices tracking gold stocks. We have the Huey, another major index tracking gold stocks. That's the ARCA gold bug index you see labeled right here at the top of the slide. And then we also have the GDXJ, the junior gold miner index, which looks more, a little bit more higher risk in the junior sector. Now the juniors are in the dark purple. Uh, if you see this green arrow in the middle uh, leading to that dark purple line at the very top, that's the juniors. And the blue one is the Huey. The purplish one, uh, not the maroon one, but the purple violet one is the regular GDX. And then the gold one, of course, is gold. Well, we've got two distinct patterns here. There's one pattern where the stocks beat gold, and there's another pattern where gold beats stocks. And why does that happen? Well, let me explain really quickly how that works. When gold and silver are in a really robust extended gold market like we had after the Great Recession, Great Recession hits 2008, 2009. I get laid off. The only time in my life I'm like, ah, oh my God, I just had a child, just bought a house and I get laid off. You know, what happens is investors get into gold and silver and the returns on the miners go way up. Why is that? Well, they're a leveraged investment. It's a stock, okay? So it's a company whose primary product is gold and silver production and maybe some base metals to go along with it. So when gold and silver prices go up, it drops a lot of money on the bottom line of that company. And each additional dollar it drops on the bottom line is pure profit. And that's what drives the price up because investors will look at something called net asset value. That is the value of all the metal in their portfolio, all of their proven and probable reserves. And maybe you're adding in indicated and inferred. And those are just resource grades. We won't get into detail there. We'll cover that in another video at some point in time. But depending on good quality reserves that the market will recognize, if gold and silver go up, the value of those reserves go up, the value of the company goes up. Think of it like a company that has a great product and a great plant, you know, um, plants, product and equipment, PP&E, if you're an accountant. Let's say you're Apple and people are valuing Apple based upon not only the, the physical assets they have, but also the, the uh, ideas that they have about products that they have. When Apple is selling really well and it's hot on the market, that stock goes up, right? Because it's valued more. The net asset value of that company is much, much higher. Same thing goes with gold and silver, but it's really just based upon what? It's based upon this. It's this in the ground that they can get out. And when the price of this goes up, the value of the company goes up. So in 2011, we saw a peak 
And the three major indices I've graphed here, the Huey, the GDX, and the GDXJs, you can see I've got the little green arrow saying, boop, stocks outperform gold. And then it started crashing down. And you'll notice those started crashing down before gold did. Why is that? Well, real quickly, there was a lot going on in the gold and silver stock space. A lot of companies uh, were making investments um, not responsibly. They were buying ounces that were expensive or they were consolidating and it just got kind of messy. And essentially what happened is people lost faith. Also, uh, people wanted to sell and take profits. They knew that gold was getting very frothy in terms of the physical price. And they said, I'm going to get out of my stocks real quick and just take money and maybe reduce my overall position. So you see a, a, a crash down the stock price. And then eventually about 2013, the stocks crashed through the gold price. The gold price went above and the gold price for all intents and purposes with a small, with, with the exception of a small blip in 2016 here on the chart, gold has outperformed stocks. Now, in these markets, gold will outperform stocks about 80 to 85% of the time. It depends upon the market. The stocks do well after gold is done well, but gold itself does better than the stocks most of the time. It just depends on how much money these companies are making. If the cost of mine gold is very close to the actual market price of gold, the companies don't have a lot of headroom or a lot of profit. So their prices may get devalued. In addition, people may be investing in tech. They may be going after the sexy names in the marketplace and not putting money into commodities. And so the commodities trade is very cyclical, regardless of what the gold and silver trade is doing. Right now, we've had a big run of stocks and bonds, tech sector, real estate, and people are putting their money into that, not necessarily into commodities. So those prices would tend to fall. That's a really long explanation of the relationship between gold and gold stocks, but it's an important one to, that you know sort of how it works in the history, how that works. All right, moving on to the next one. I would say then that physical gold has a lower beta, a lower volatility of price movement than do the gold stocks, whether majors or juniors. If you look at that chart, it's abundantly clear. We have really high peaks and really low lows in the stocks as compared to the gold price itself. So while the stocks follow gold and silver, they follow it more. If gold goes up, stocks go up more. If gold goes down, the stocks go down more. And especially true with silver. Silver, is, silver stocks, especially silver juniors, have some of the highest beta you're going to see in the stock market. So just be aware of that if you're investing in the stock market. All right. What about this one? This is a collectibles chart. This is the PCGS 3000. PCGS is one of the two main grading agencies. It's really three. But the two main ones are PCGS and NGC. And this is a coin grading service 3000 chart. It looks at the 3000 most sought after slash common coins that you can get in collectibles. And this is 1970 to present. You'll see only one big spike on the chart. And that occurred for this reason. After 1987 in the stock crash, investors were looking for something to make money in. What happened was there were a bunch of people, kind of snake oil salesmen that came into the gold collectibles market. They established their own grading companies and services. They sold a bunch of coins for way more than they were actually worth. The public got into them. Why? Because the stock market crashed. It wanted to get into gold. And then people uh, pushed them into gold collectibles, but they were misgraded coins. The market got really frothy and then it collapsed. It's only really happened one time in the modern age. And I think now the establishment of uh, data services like gray sheet charts like this one at PCGS are going to prevent that from happening again. You've seen a really stable chart. So while stocks, the general stock market and bonds crash every four to 12 years, uh, the, the overall collectible coin market does not. So we don't expect this market to crash down a lot. It's really, the collectibles market is much more stable in, in terms of price spikes. There was that one time which people went in, but there have been a lot of safeguards built into the industry. 
and the industry is really good about watching itself. So it doesn't happen as often. So generally, I would say this is a fairly stable market. So answering some questions, which form of gold that we talked about? We got collectibles, physical gold itself, the bullion, uh, and then stocks, the, the leveraged equity investments in the space. Which form of gold has been the most price stable? Well, according to the charts, it's collectibles. With the exception of the one run up in the 80s, this has been the most price stable market of them all. And I'll show you a chart later on where there's a certain part of the collectibles market, which has probably been one of the most price stable investments you could have had over the last 50, 55 years. But in any case, just the general collectibles have been the most price stable, physical gold right behind it, and then the stocks at the bottom. So again, price stability matters if you're trying to what? Maintain your principal, return of investment. So this goes to return of investment. Form a goal with the most stable return on investment, which is the one that's gonna make you the most money consistently over time. Well, physical gold, because it has the more stable rise, gentle rise, even though it has rises and falls, those rises and falls, if you time it fairly well, you know, you can consistently build a nice portfolio. Collectibles, I would put second, because if, in the PCGS 3000 chart, they're basically, it's a small straight line, but it doesn't rise as much as gold. However, again, certain parts of collectible market, much better, and I'll show you that at the end. The stocks, if you're in it for a short period of time and you hit it just right, that's gonna have the biggest ROI, no question. It's a leveraged investment. If gold goes up $5, the stock could go up $50. You could have a 10 to one. It just depends upon the stock and your mix but you have to pick the right ones. The right ones have to get noticed by the market. So there's a lot of risk there. But in general, the gold stocks have a higher ROI at times, but we're talking about over a large period of time. I think that this is correct. All right, moving on to liquidity. With the exception of the speculation run of 1989, I would say the collectibles over physical gold and stocks. Ah, surprise, why? Well, collectibles present a speculative market with a deep base with very rare spikes by price chasers. In addition, the ultra wealthy invest a lot in collectibles, just like they invest in art and antiques and things like that. There's a lot of liquidity there if you know where to go. Auctions, auction sites, uh, trading at local dealers, even putting in Craigslist or in the olden days newspaper online. It's actually easy to find other collectors. It's not hard at all. I have a store here and I, all the time I get more people, and this is true, in my store since I've opened. I've got more people investing in collectible gold than in bullion. I've actually had more people looking through for wheat pennies and looking for uh, collectible type, you know, mint state graded coins than I have the actual bullion. Uh, it's been very interesting. So there is a deep market and a lot of it depends on where you live in the country, but there are local coin shows everywhere. There's one that runs in my city four times a year and I'm in a small, you know, suburb, but around me, there's probably 30 to 40 coin collector shows a year in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Of course, we're one of the fastest growing areas of the country, so it makes sense. But most areas, when you get above a certain amount of people, are going to have liquidity in markets for those collectibles. Both physical gold, gold and stocks have had more bear market crashes in collectibles. So liquidity and beta go hand in hand. If you're having to sell when the market's down and it crashes more often, that could be an issue. And it could also cause liquidity issues because if it's crashing down, maybe everybody's dumping. If it's going up, maybe nobody's dumping. And then maybe the buy sells are not aligned and that's basically why price moves is the buy sells are not aligned that's what creates the beta so what i'm describing here is both liquidity and beta and they're related i think i've described that some more uncollectibles here's a 10-year chart of on the left hand side of morgan dollars and peace dollar index uh these the this slide is two collectible areas of the collectible market to be wary of doesn't mean don't invest in it just be careful uh morgans and peace dollars a lot of people buy those there's some volatility there I liken it to like the juniors in the mining stock. 
It's got more volatility than the rest of the collectibles, just like the junior mining stocks have more volatility than the, the mids and the majors. But you can make money. But look at this dip right here. The last 10 years on the left hand side, I've had people wanting to sell me Morgan's of Peace dollars just because they're trying to make their money back from when they bought it, you know, in, in 15. And it just now recovered to 15 levels eight years ago. So if you're going to get into Morgan's of Peace dollars, make sure that you're watching that chart and you're very careful about your entry point because that has a lot of volatility. And it may not be, you know, for you, depending on your risk tolerance, the best part of collectibles to get into. Also, proof coins here on the right. Proof coins have gone up, but there's been two speculative bubbles, one in 79, one in 89, 10 years apart. That one, I think, in my personal opinion, just my opinion and my experience, that is a more abused market in terms of people marketing proof gold coins to you and saying it has great numismatic value. And I think this chart here, the proof gold coins, are, is the main reason why people look at collectibles and say, that's a scam, or I don't like that, or I'll never invest in that market. Because you get a regular gold coin that's shined up really nice and put into a slab, and it's called a proof, and it's uncirculated. It has some additional value, but the prices get way out of whack. And, and that crashes more often than not. Now, on the chart, you also see that the proof gold coins have done well. If you invested in 70 and you sold now, you would have done pretty well. But you also would have ridden that roller coaster a bunch of times. So a little bit more volatility there. Good, solid growth in terms of ROI, but also a high beta. So just be knowledgeable and careful of that if you get into those two sub-segments of the collectibles market. The most stable gold market of all of any type, whether stocks, collectibles, or gold, that would be collectibles, and that would be key dates and rarities index. Now, you can get all these charts on PCGS.com. Just go to the left-hand side and click on their charting, and you can get it. And not only that, but you can break down what actually makes up these charts, so you'll know specifically what to invest in. Go to their website if you want to do that. But by far, the key dates and rarities index of collectible coins has had a couple of little baby price peaks along the way. But look at that slow and steady march of growth up. There was, you know, in 18, a little bit of fade. Now, I bought... Most of my collectibles, including my my rare ones, in that 2018-19 time frame, and then sold them recently. So I did very well. I took advantage of that dip you're seeing at the top right. Um, a lot of people didn't. They lost a little bit of money. But if you held it for a few years, you recovered. So this is much more stable than real estate in general over time. It's much more stable than general bullion over time, this chart is. It's much more stable than stocks and bonds are over time. You could say at the last 30 years of the bond market were more stable uh, in terms of return of investment. Now they're not, that bond rates are rising. Uh, but you also have to get into them for longer term. They're less liquid. And when that when that interest rate goes up, it devalues the face value of your bond. So there's a lot of risk there. So bonds can be at times the, the most the most stable non-gold investment, but at times they can also be dumpster fires, which is what we're starting to see in America now. But within the gold market, uh, the key dates and rarities index is the most stable. Why is that? Because key dates mean certain dates that are historically important that people invest in and also that are rare, not a lot of issuance. We're not talking 1904 uh, St. Gaudens coins. Those are very plentiful, but certain other dates, if it's like an 18, you know, 97D, I'm just pulling one off the top of my head. And you can go look at PCGS and NGC websites and, and you can see that, or you can buy a red book coin book. I've got one on my shelf right over here. You can buy one of those. And it will tell you, you can get a physical copy or you can go to Gray Sheets uh, and subscribe to that. And a lot of information for figuring out, you know, uh, which ones to get in. But the key dates and, and rare ones, they're valuable because why? Because they're known, they're good, and they're rare, and they're old. And people invest a lot in that. And I believe they invest in that because they're believing in the American dream. I think the key dates and rarities, it's it's rare, so that gives it value, but it signifies what's best of, of America. It's Americana. It's like apple pie and baseball, okay? It's like NFL football. 
it's what Americans like. And those coins encapsulate a time in which gold was money and it encapsulated all of those values that a lot of people really believe and love. And I think that's why stable. Now, some lessons learned. Let's compare. This is the eye chart I promised I'd give you about the attributes. Uh, on the left-hand side, we've got return of investment, return on investment, price stability, liquidity, and legality. Let's go down physical gold first. That's the second column. Return on investment, very strong. Uh, return on investment over time, good, because you can get your money. You know, it, it captures inflation and also the value of technology over time and how that deflates prices, which is actually good. And that, you know, I wrote a chapter on gold in my book, Drop Shadow, and I talked about that. I graphed out gold prices dating back to like the 1700s to now and how gold was very stable um, and offered good return on investment. Price stability in regular physical bullion, good. Liquidity, good. Uh, legality, good, we think. Now, it was outlawed at one point in time. Now, not a lot of people have it. The chances of them outright outlawing are slim. The constitutionality of them doing that would come under question, I think. They could tax it. But overall, we think the legality of physical bullying is pretty good. Now let's move over to collectibles. Uh, the return on investment can be stronger with some knowledge. It is a market you have to really understand, like any market. If you're buying stocks, you have to understand stocks. If you're buying real estate, you got to understand your local and national real estate markets. If you're buying collectibles, you got to understand that market. It can be a stronger return of investment than gold. It has a more stable price chart more of the time, especially if you get in the key dates and rares. Uh, return on investment can be better in the rare coins or just good overall uh, compared with regular gold. Price stability is the best. It has the most stable chart overall and over any of these investments. Uh, we think liquidity is good, but for how long? Ooh, danger warning sign, Will Robinson. Why would I say that? Well, the ultra wealthy, like I said, invest in collectibles. They may take them off the market. You may not see them if we get into a severe economic crisis. Now, that's going to drive the prices absolutely bonkers because the collectibles actually do better than bullion during really bad economic situations. They do. And the price chart's pretty clear on that. They do very, very well. They maintain their value and sometimes they can actually increase faster. But for how long? It could be, you know, Gresham's Law uh, with bad money driving out good. Bad money is what everybody uses. Everybody hoards the good one. Well, collectibles at times can be the best of the bullion and sometimes that can be harder. That can reduce liquidity at times, but that actually works for you because it increases price. And if you have it, you can get a better price because everybody wants it. So if you have it and you have shorter liquidity, that's good because you're going to get a higher price. Now, if you're trying to get into it, when liquidity gets constrained a little bit, that can be a bit of an issue. Legality, we think it's going to be, well, we know it's going to be good. The, the wealthy invest in these. Uh, I doubt with their political power and their clout, they're going to allow laws to be made to outlaw that. Doesn't mean it can't. But just the chances of, I think, are a bit more slim. Now, on to gold stocks. Return of investment is relatively weak. If you go back to the original chart that we have, which I will do right now, we'll go back some slides to this chart right here. Uh, look at this issue. And price stability is not good. This up, it's down. It has the highest volatility, the highest beta of all the investments. So we say that the overall return of investment can be weak. Now, it can be great return of your investment, your principal. Now, it can be great when it's going up. And you can also get a high return on investment or ROI, but that second line is schizophrenic. It de depends on timing. Stocks can make you really wealthy or they can break you, or they could just not return squat and just generally sort of fade around. So overall, depending on point in time, return on investment may not be good. Price stability, schizophrenic, liquidity, schizophrenic, either really good, maybe not so good, depends on what's going on. Legality, good, we hope. Why? Jurisdictional and legal risk. If People confiscate mines or they change the rules like they did in Indonesia for Grassberg and all those other mines. 
it can affect the overall return on the investment. Uh, and Mexico has been threatening maybe to control the mining sector a little bit more, maybe keep more of the money for the country, maybe tax it more. So we think the gold stocks have a good legal standing, but there are some potential risks there as well. Ultimately, decide for yourself. Don't go along with groupthink, including my presentation. You know, judge this presentation for yourself based upon your own biases and, and analysis and risk tolerance. Do what works best for you. I'm not your financial advisor. I'm not here to give you financial advice. I do research and education. Ultimately, you need to decide for yourself. If you feel like it, go consult a financial advisor. Do what works best for you and always know your risk tolerance, study the data, watch the markets, and make your own decisions. Don't listen to anybody. Do what's best for you. But watch this presentation go to conferences, read books, watch other people, do your own research, look at the charts, become a data head if that works for you and do what is best for you. I think that's what's best. All right, this is going to wrap up the video. This was my presentation at Silver Symposium. It was voted by a lot of people as one of the most popular presentations, certainly on the first day. People loved it because uh, during that and after we had a lot of questions and answers. So I'm gonna make a promise to you. If you ask me questions in the chat while this is running, this is not a live presentation. I'll be in the chat to try to answer as many as I can. And if you put them down in the comments, I'll answer as many as I can as well, FAQ style. So we have a little conversation there on YouTube. Uh, thank you guys so much for paying attention to this. Remember, we have a bullion store, goldsilverpros.com, <laughs> get the right side. And we have blogs there as well that come out twice a week. We're trying to put those out every Tuesday and Friday. So uh, the day after this presentation comes out, we'll have another blog post for you. Thank you so much. Till next time, Rob Keats with goldsilverpros.com. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.